New York Artists Collective. Hi there and welcome to the New York Artists Collective podcast. This next one's about... This is the podcast where we ask artists to give us an inside look into one of their songs. Now, if you aren't familiar with the New York Artists Collective, we are a group of songwriters who occasionally, I say occasionally, uh, often about once a month, uh, put on a songwriters event, uh, a songwriters round, if you will, um, for three artists from New York City. And, and we have them on stage. They chat to each other and they talk about their process. And as an audience, you guys get to get a little bit closer to that process. So this podcast really... This is where we try and get you a little bit closer to that process by asking one of the artists about their songs and then having a bit more of a general chat. Now, today's guest is Mishti Roy. Mishti Roy is a rock singer-songwriter. Some of her influences include Jeff Buckley, Pearl Jam, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Michael Jackson, and Kate Bush. So let's welcome Mishti Roy. Mishti Roy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I know um, we met a little while ago, I'd say a good was it good? goodness was it maybe three years ago I think it was about three years ago yeah it's been a while wow yeah it has been a while but I know you know we've we've kind of crossed paths a couple of times but we've not managed to do anything kind of together creatively so this is lovely yeah I feel like we've been const- uh, consistently on, uh, in touch through social media somehow so it doesn't it definitely doesn't feel like three years it feels feels like two minutes <laughs> <laughs> the magic of social media it's great isn't it absolutely so Mishti you are a rock singer-songwriter. I think so, yeah. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that how you like to describe yourself these days? I think so. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, like we all do, have I have a lot of influences, but I would say uh, rock comes out in everything I do, even if it's more on a softer or poppy side. There's always, like, a sense of trying to be as badass as possible, <laughs> you know? So... I'm going to go with that. I definitely get that. I'm, I definitely see the badass. <laughs> I mean, rock, a rock singer, songwriter, it's not the, the most common genre that you would see on someone's website, though. And it, I, and I don't think that that's necessarily that it's not true that rock singers or rock bands aren't singer songwriters as well. I think they just go with rock musician or whatever. And I, it's, it's interesting that you sort of choose to blend the two. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I think I was trying to come up with something that was true to what I do. And you're right. I think singer-songwriter has a certain connotation, even though it really just means singer-songwriter, right? But it does have a connotation of like an, uh, a girl with an acoustic guitar in a coffee house, which is a lot of, you know, which is not a bad thing. It's just, it's funny how things evolve that way. So I thought adding rock to the beginning of that moniker kind of made, like sort of said, actually, everybody starts as a singer songwriter in some way. So I'm glad that it seemed weird. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm glad it seemed weird. I'm okay with that. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just to, just to get your sort of take on this as well, but I mean, you are, and I, and I think this is wonderful. You are a phenomenal guitar player and you're also vocally, you're incredibly interesting as well. And I, I do think it's also, you know, very rare that you have people that are able to do both of those things incredibly well at the same time. And I sort of wanted to ask you, you know, whether you maybe started singing first or, you know, you learned your instrument first and then you kind of developed your sound vocally. Um, well, thank you. That's it's so it's funny because I, I think when I was a little kid, that's exactly like I wanted to be some sort of th- triple threat. I'm like, I'll be this great singer and this great guitar player and this great so- songwriter. And then um, and then I was like, oh, wait, it's you. That's a lot to focus on. So I'm just going to try and like do whatever I can to, you know, because I, I would I would kind of like and get focused on one thing over the other. And 
And somehow, as long as I can like convince you that I'm somewhat good at all of them, good. Like I'm faking it really well because I'm definitely faking it. But <laughs> to, to answer, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all attitude now. Um, but a lot of it, uh, so, so I definitely have been singing for forever. Uh, so I would say I started singing first and then, um, and I started taking guitar lessons when I was about eight and went and I, but I was really into Michael Jackson and, uh, not, but it's just not the typical thing. Uh, I, I think if you're a kid and into Michael Jackson, you don't necessarily think to go into guitar, even though there's a lot of amazing guitar parts on all the songs. Um, and then basically, and, and then I got into Guns N' Roses a little later and that's what really, really got me into guitar and, um, trying to play like an asshole and <laughs> like, I can solo like Slash, you know, it's like all ego, right? I'm, I'm going to admit it. Like, I'm not going to give you like a really intellectual answer. Like, well, I was really interested in, you know, like, uh, learning everything about uh, learning all these solos. It's like, no, I just wanted to like impress girls, <laughs> like, you know? So that is how so, it starts with a lot of guitarists, you know, males right? and females, both, you know, it's like, you just want like guitars, get girls. That's how it works. That's the rules. <laughs> yeah. That hasn't changed very much. I, I moved to drums for the same purpose because guitar wasn't doing it. So now, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very one, one focused, single focused. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, tell you what, let's, um, I don't even know if, I don't even know if I answered your question. I think I just babbled it. I don't even know I if I answered the your question. question. It doesn't matter. Let's it was go a fun answer. Um, yeah. So let's talk about your single. <laughs> let's talk about your new single. So it's called Crave. Yes. Um, so I'm so excited to finally be able to release this song. I It's the first song I wrote. Um, and it was, you know, being totally on theme here. Um, it was, I, I was in love with somebody and they were in a relationship. And so I wrote the song. It was like pretty straightforward, pretty universal theme of unrequited love. And when she hears the song, she'll fall in love with me. And luckily like she didn't because I would rather, you know, <laughs> as with most things, it's like better to have the song and everything that comes with it than sometimes having the relationship. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, absolutely. Some of the best songs are in the worst relationships ever. Um, and it, but at the end of it, you're like, well, I got a good song out of that or I got a good album out of that. Right. So totally. Here you right. Exactly. One thing I did notice about it um, in terms of, you know, the music that I've seen you play, um, it's very, it's quite sparse. You know, there's, there's not so much instrumentation. It's, a, you know, it's, it's all about the vocal. It's all, all about the songwriting. And I see you do a lot of like full band shows. I do, I see you do a lot of like really interesting sort of covers and, you know, there's, there's a lot going on with, with that stuff. So I find it really interesting that you wanted to kind of break that down with this song. Yeah, actually in general, I'm trying to go with a more simplistic approach and I had actually recorded Crave many times and I had strings and I had organ and piano and layers and layers. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I had redone the vocals and put all these backing vocals on and, and it, and I just knew it never worked. It just didn't. I, I, and I don't know why. And part of it is, I think the lyrics came from a poem and they got lost in all those layers. And so person producing my record, Alex Nolan, you know, we, we talked about a different approach to I knew I wanted to go simplistic and she kind of took that and ran with it. So there really are very few elements, but what I, what's kind of fun is I think that even though there are few elements on, um, on the song, they, they take up a lot of, they're big sounds like that. There's like that one delay guitar and it's a really big sound and there's, you know, uh, like a one piano line, but it's, it's very distinct and you can actually hear the, the lyrics. So, um, I think that I'm trying to sort of go more in that direction, like being, instead of, you know, putting so much onto something and hoping it turns out well, <laughs> really, maybe I'm like growing up. 
being quite instinctive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like now just thinking, well, what do you actually want to say? And let's think about it, you know? So I guess I'm getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Mature. Let's go with mature, Mishy. I like that, yeah. It must have helped that Alex produced this. And I know that Alex plays in your band, so she probably knows the songs very well. Um, Do you think that, you know, was a better approach than than going in, like not completely blind with the a brand new producer, but with somebody who who knows your stuff very well. Yeah, actually, it was kind of the best of both worlds because I had written the song so long ago. I actually find that people who knew me back when I started playing it, um, they they don't they don't get the quote new sound. <laughs> and what I love about working with Alex is she she understands my pop influences more than I think a lot of people who've only seen me be, you know, do the live thing. And, and it's usually, you know, the rock loose thing. So it's actually been a really good combination of the fact that like, um, she sees those influences in me, but she also like knows me and understands what I do. So it's, I think it's, it's a really good marriage of my raw, you know, rawness with her refinement. That's a very nice way of putting it. Well, tell you what, let's take a listen to the single now. This is called Crave and, and this is by Misty Roy. sight of you left and right I'm taking will you ever let me persuade you I hope 
So Mishti, that was Crave. Um, I love it. I love the production on it. I love the songwriting behind it. Um, one thing I would say about it, and I think you know where I, maybe I, I sort of didn't notice it so much, um, as I say with some of your previous, you know, the, the previous stuff um, that I've I've seen you do. I kind of get a lot of like Annie DeFranco, that kind of you know '90s rock chick kind of from it. Is that fair? Oh, cool. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Actually, both of us are big 90s, 90s rock fans, so that's a big compliment. Yeah, there's just so much attitude in your voice. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, it's funny because we were talking about guitar playing earlier, and I, when I heard Ani um, the first time when I was like 13 or 14, I had never heard anybody play guitar like her. I, I'd never heard guitar like that. So <laughs> so th- that's a, thank you. That's a cool uh, compliment. And speaking of women who play guitar, you know, recently there was a Billboard article that has cited that 50% of guitarists are now women. I saw that. And I actually saw that Hayam posted it. That's why I saw it. Um, do, do you know Hayam? Yes, of course. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So such like, sorry, some like... people, oh, they're such badasses. And, and, uh, sorry, it's funny that like, they're so huge. And then I run into people who don't know them and I'm like, well, check them out. But I have to say, I feel like they posted it and I'm like, I think they're a big reason that that's true. I, you know what I mean? Like I definitely, because they, it's funny that they were basically studio musicians before they became these kind of like pop rock stars. So yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I almost find that statistic unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I, I, uh, my other job is science, so <laughs> I'm, I, I'm going to, but I'm going to go with it because it's like, it's one of those things that even if it isn't true, maybe it'll have like a, uh, a pay it forward kind of effect where girls are like, Oh, that's so cool. And it, and it does become 50%. But when, when did you start playing guitar? Have you been playing your whole life also or? No. Um, funny story. I didn't learn to play until I was 24. Um, because okay. um, my mother will never listen to podcasts because she's, she can't, she, goodness, she can't work her phone, but, um, I wasn't allowed to play guitar because, because you know, guitar was for boys. So, uh. yeah. Um, so, you know, there was sort of that gender stereotype going on and, uh, she wanted me to play the piano and I didn't think that was cool. So I was like, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I won't learn. And I think, you know, I kind of did, you know, I was at this, you know, boarding school and I, I joined the choir such a such a good girl um so it wasn't until later on that you know I, I really got into you know playing these the guitar and actually um for me 
all I wanted to do was do an open mic night before I was 30 um, because I was so terrified of performing and I did it when I was 24 and I was like, I just got the bug and I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, you know, and I then got very lucky and I, I opened for somebody um, and I, I got this really great gig and I was like, oh, this is this is quite fun. I think I want to do more of this. And this was before I'd even really, you know, started properly songwriting. And then I just got the bug for it. And I was like, I just have to keep doing this. That's amazing. That's it's really hard to start something like that after, you know, a little quote later in life. It's not that much later in life. But when you're not, you know, because when you're a kid, you, you don't know better and you, you can go through the pain. And, you know, I don't know, you, you don't develop you don't have so much of an ego or, or at least shame. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you're an adult, I feel like we, it, it, I don't know, it's sometimes harder to try new things. So that's really, really cool that you just decided to do that and are doing it. It's pretty awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, I, it's interesting that you kind of talk about shame. And I think that there is a lot of that in so much that we do. And, you know, as a performer, um, I certainly sort of struggled to go on stage and to, to sort of, focus on the positives. I don't know how you feel about that when you perform or, you know, maybe, you know, hopefully you obviously you've gotten to the point where you're like, yeah, you know, it, like you focus on the overall positives of the show and you just go, you know, when to be perfectly honest, Mishti, like I'm sure you don't make mis you know that many mistakes uh, during your shows that you kind of beat yourself up over. No, I do. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially, yeah, I do. And it's funny, like, um, I, I actually, it's funny that you asked that or you make that point because, um, when we were talking earlier about, uh, singing versus playing guitar and I said, Oh, I wanted to be great at both, you know, or all of it. Uh, I, I actually found that that was something that I focused mm -hmm. on too much because I would play, I think a great, what, what was probably a pretty good show, but then I'd focus, I always be like, babe, like I didn't go there with my solo. And it's like, who cares? <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> you know, like I didn't like make a new statement that no one's ever heard before. And it's like, so stupid. So, so actually, so now, um, I, 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 I mean, I think we, I, I certainly think we all do that. Um, but for me with performing, I definitely make a lot of mistakes and there's, I think there's good mistakes, you know, and the good mistakes are the ones where you feel like you, you are trying to be open in a certain way. I don't know. Um, those mistakes I like <laughs> when you're, you're trying to kind of stretch and then you maybe hit a wrong note or hit whatever, but you're going for something. And then of course the next time you do it, it's hopefully better. Um, but it's hard. You're putting yourself out there and, you know, tequila always helps for me. That's, that's oh, tequila. <laughs> yeah, that helps me. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm a red, I, I have one red wine before I perform, if that, um, and then I, I stop. I, I, I don't, it's, it's so funny. I find like a lot of the male guitarists I've worked with, they've gotten better the more they've had to drink. And I'm like, I have two drinks and I forget everything. <laughs> I forget my own lyrics. I forget my own chords. I like, I really don't know how they get better. And I get so much worse. Like the converse is entirely true. For me, unfortunately, I fall into the more productive category. Like I can have a shot of tequila and like clean the whole house. Like I, <laughs> I'm like way more productive <laughs> and focused. It's, it's, and it's not a good thing because then, you know, if, if I'm not drinking, I'm just like on YouTube all day watching videos. Like I can't, I can't like function, but that makes it sound like I drink all the time. I don't, I, I'm finding a way to be functional sober, <laughs> but um, I'm sober right now. And I, 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 I feel somewhat functional, <laughs> but yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing because I think you're right. Like, um, there's, there's 
there's also a high that you get from just being on stage, right? So, um, and that's a whole other feeling. I think one thing that that musicians perhaps don't talk about is the come down after you come off stage. And I think it's probably sort of fairly well documented that a lot of musicians, you know, have dependencies. But, you know, I think it's, you know, it needs to be explained that um, we're coming on, you know, like you're on stage, you're a rock star for however long you're a rock star. And then you come off stage and you cease to be that rock star. You cease to be kind of in front of people. And you are coming off a natural drug. You're coming off a natural high of adrenaline. And that, that come down is is awful like it's it's terrible you know if, and, and particularly if you're doing a run of shows or you're doing a run of gigs or whatever coming off that is quite painful so I can completely understand that I think you're so right and I I definitely actually the better the show and the better the turnout the worse I feel in the morning because I think that or you know I think you also like give so much of yourself mm-hmm. and I think that's part of it so I think you're right there's that high that you have that you come down from but you're also you know, giving a piece of your soul. Right. And you're, and then the more for me, I've noticed the more people come, I am just so overwhelmed and I feel so grateful. And then the next day I'm like, just, I can't even deal. (laughs) I'm like, um, okay, I got to write to everybody. And how do I express to each person how much it meant to me? And, you know, um, and, and there's a little bit of a, a down in that, you know? So I think it's, I think it's a twofold for me anyway, um, coming down from the high, but also like, whoa, like what, what did I just do? Yeah. I mean, you know, being a musician is a lot tougher than I think people give us credit for. So, you know, turning it back to New York, you know, how long have you been in this city? So, um, I, uh, live in Yonkers, so it's really close to the Bronx. Um, and I've been here for, almost three years, but I grew up in uh, Westchester. So I've been in New York for pretty much my whole life. Um, so I, I grew up like, let's say like 40 minutes outside of the city, which is so cool. And I feel so, so, so grateful that uh, we ended up here. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things that so many people try so hard to come. Like they, they just dream of walking through. I, I was in Times Square the other day. And of course, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, everybody hates going through Times Square because it's a nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> all new, and it's just, it's just what it is. And it's, it's just <laughs> awful. But um, oh, yeah. when I was there and I was, I was just thinking how many people are like walking down the street and they've never, they've just dreamed their whole lives of just walking through Times Square or, or performing there or whatever. So it's one of those things that I just feel so grateful that I'm here. New York means so many different things to so many different people, I think. I think that's true. Well, you've been here for how long now? Uh, three years. Oh, okay. Cool. Did we meet? I guess we met when you just came here, I guess. Funnily enough, we met on my birthday. Oh, yes, that's true. Because <laughs> I didn't have any friends. And I got invited to this party. I was like, yeah, I'll come. And that was, yeah. That was wow, fun. so much has happened since then. That's amazing. What a good party. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. I loved it. It was so much fun. And it was that's just so fun. I think that was so, it was so funny because I think for me that night and, and that party was so pivotal for me kind of finding my tribe. I think if, you know, if, if you like, um, in terms of the, you know, the people I probably hang out with now most, I think I probably met through that, that evening or that, that party. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And what's funny that you say that is I feel like this project that you're doing in your artist collective, what you just said about that gathering is kind of like what you're going for in, in these and, and, you know, which I think is so cool, like creating a situation where people can have, they can create their tribe kind of, and like connect to new people. And like three years later, it's like, oh, right. I remember we did that thing together. And I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's just funny that you said that. It's a passion project and it's definitely about, um, 
you know, creating that community or kind of rebirthing that sort of artist community. I think, you know, there are so many amazing artists in New York, but the nature of New York and the venues that there are for original music um, almost kind of kill off the the ways that we can meet each other, the ways that we can hang out with each other. Um, and so this was something that we wanted to do to bring artists together and kind of go back to that sort of revolutionary phase that New York created for music. Um, you know, I'm not saying we're revolutionists or anything that we're, you know, trying to, to change the world, but, um, you know, I think we're certainly trying to give back to artists, um, and, you know, give them a platform. Yeah. It's very cool. Which leads us nicely into, we would love to have you uh, do a show. I think, uh, you know, hopefully our next one, we, we would love to have you. So we'll, we'll be working on that. We'll be working on that. So Mishti, you have a new single out. It's called Crave. Where is it? Are you, um, rec- I, I believe you're also recording it on vinyl. Yes. Um, there's this really cool company, Least of Val Recordings, and they're, they're basically doing live um, session recordings on vinyl, which I think is really neat. So it's going to be, um, a live session that I do, I think it's November 8th. Um, and, uh, and they, they hand make these vinyl records and it's very, very cool. I love that they're doing it. Um, and yeah, so the record, uh, so, and then at some point an EP will drop. <laughs> I have two songs out already obsessed and weight of my heart, which are on Spotify and iTunes and, uh, Crave is out now. Spotify, iTunes, Apple, all those things. All of the things. All the things. All those platforms. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> where should people go to keep up with what you're doing, how to get hold of your music, how to order the least of all vinyl? Cool. Yeah. All the information about Mishti is available at Mishti.com and Facebook. I'm on Facebook and Instagram a lot. So on Instagram, I'm Mishti Music and uh Yes, you can get tidbits into my very exciting life. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. I've loved our conversation. Um, I think we should continue this. You can have tequila. I will have something else another time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sounds good. It sounds like a plan. And we will have all of the the links to your stuff um, on our website, of course. And we'd love to do a show with you in 2019. So Mishti Roy, thank you so much for joining us uh, for the show. And we we will speak to you soon. Great. Thanks so much. Mishti Roy there, rock singer-songwriter and all-round general badass. Next week, stay tuned. We'll be chatting to uh, New York-based Americana artist Stephen Babcock. Don't forget, if you want to check us out, we are on Instagram at New York Artists Collective and also at www.newyorkartistscollective.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, then uh, please subscribe and you will be notified of the next one that we drop and forevermore. Uh, I'm Stephanie Manns. Thank you so much for listening. See you soon.